Hey, Poddlers, this is Jason. A quick note about tonight's interview episode. The sound quality gets a little wonky. We're aware of it. The interview was so good that we didn't want to scrap the whole thing. So Erin did a fantastic job editing what she could edit and fixing what she could fix. So thanks, Erin. Secondly, we get a little salty with the language. There are some swears. So if you listen with your kids, maybe skip this one. If you like what you hear in our interview tonight, keep an eye out in a couple of weeks for our Christmas Hanukkah, Yuletide, Kwanzaa spectacular Twitch stream where Alex was nice enough to sit in and play with us. Okay, enjoy the episode and the swears. Hey Claire, uh, I think you left me a message, but I can't get it to play. Uh, I guess if you get this, do you want to come by mine or should we meet somewhere? I don't know. Also, voice note reminder. What the? She's coming for us. She knows where we are and where we'll be. There's nothing we can do. Lydia's waiting. She is ready. And she will get her revenge. The final season of Parkdale Haunt arrives September 26th, wherever podcasts are found. Hey folks out there in the great wide world, I am Jason Cassidy, the creative director for Even Footing Games, and your host for this episode of Even Footing Games Presents. Tonight I am thrilled to chat with two-thirds of the creative team behind the delightfully creepy audio fiction podcast, Parkdale Haunt. Emily Kellogg plays Claire on the show. She's a writer, an editor, an educator, and a veteran book publishing professional based in Toronto, Ontario, which is in Canada, which is a whole other country. She's an MFA candidate and a course instructor at the University of Gulf? <laughs> Guelph. It's also Guelph. in Canada. It's also in Canada. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Folks out there, G-U-E-L-P-H. I could have said any uh, syllable and gotten it wrong. For all of the Americans out there, Guelph is a town Guelph in Ontario. And now Ontario. Ontario is a province in Canada. And now you know. My gosh, we're learning all sorts of things <laughs> today. She also is an editor at Help Magazine. Her companion tonight, and I'm also thrilled to welcome Alex Nursall, who plays Judith. She's based in Toronto as well, which is in Ontario, which is in Canada. Got it? All right. Thanks, U.S. Elementary School Geography. She works as a writer and an illustrator and has appeared in such publications as Flair, Jezebel, McSweeney's Internet Tendency, and Vice. Ian Body is the third member of the team. He is not here tonight, but he portrays Owen on the show. He wrestles tigers and is a new dad. And he probably <laughs> does your editing, I'm guessing, as well. I can give you a little intro. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Please do. Ian is an incredibly accomplished and talented audio engineer, and he does all the sound design on the show. He plays Owen. The reason the show sounds so good is because of him, and he also is a composer and has, hey, I had a bunch of work appear in movies and I think a bunch of other stuff. And yeah, he's a great voice actor in there. He's not here tonight, but he is incredibly talented. Has he ever wrestled a tiger? You know what? I'm just going to give him the benefit of the doubt. Can you text him right now? Yes, I'm going okay. to it says it in his bio we'll, we'll that he's yes. the second greatest tiger wrestler in Canada. And Okay, so if you read it on I the can't, internet, it has to be true. I can't imagine y'all would lie on your bios. <laughs> no. Please. We don't write fiction. No. <laughs> <laughs> really, because it says here that's exactly <laughs> what you do. No, I am thrilled so much that the two of you were able to join us. 
the whole trio is obviously very talented. I want to find out if he doesn't back Russell Tiger, so we'll wait for that text to get back. I have texted him. <laughs> so thanks for joining us. In the spirit of spooky season, I really want to dive into Parkdale Haunt, the show you've all created. If you haven't listened to the show yet, Parkdale is a horror fiction podcast about friendships and ghosts and cults and family and the nightmare that is real estate in Toronto. It was named Best of 2020 by Apple Podcasts and the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation and received the 2021 Outstanding Fiction Series Award from the Canadian Podcast Awards. It's, it's popular. It's big. I really suggest hitting pause if you and to catch up on the first two seasons, and then you can come on back and listen to the interview. We're we're not going to notice you were gone. Yeah, yeah. You look at but like if you take like twenty hours and just listen to it in one full go. Yeah, and yeah. Come just back to this. Come on back. Come on back. Yeah, yeah. You're gonna learn so many Canada facts, and I'm really excited for you. I have been. It's been an education. Yeah, please. <laughs> first of all, just for clarification for me, is this a horror? podcast with comedic elements or is a comedy show with horror elements i mean i'd say it was a horror show with comedic elements i think the horror came first and then i know my natural tendency when writing is to also lean kind of comedic Mm -hmm. uh, and to get my little jokey jokes in so that that's definitely where my a lot of my writing started i started as doing comedy writing and then Mm -hmm. moved into nonfiction and then into fiction Yeah, and it's very much a story about friendship, and the friendships are at the core of this whole story. And Alex and I have been friends for a million years now. We we met in university, so we're always joking together, and that's just the way we speak and communicate. And Mm -hmm. it would have seemed wrong to have a show that was very serious when our Mm -hmm. longstanding relationship has always been cracking jokes and being silly. So we bring that element to the show, even though it is fundamentally, like at its core, a horror show. Yeah, but I think it also makes it feel more real as well. That it makes it makes the characters feel more real. That like sometimes they they're just cracking a few jokes. Right. Because Lord knows that if I was, if I I like I feel like if we were trapped in this, we'd also be like sitting there being like like tweeting like yeah, do it, you stupid demon. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I would also be demanding wine, uh, telling you about my new orange juice and vodka diet, um, which I'm going to start any day now. The, the orange juice and vodka diet. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you've heard of it. <laughs> Vitamin C and potatoes. Is that what it? Okay. All it's right. Like, think about it. Yeah. No, it makes sense. You've got all your necessary nutrients and proteins there. And uh, who needs that liver anyway, right? <laughs> quicker we can get rid of that thing. You know. So you're coming from a comedy background uh, and, and you have the crack and jokes friendship. So what led you to a horror podcast then? How did how did that element get added into the mix? Yeah, well, I mean, Alex comes from a comedy background. I don't. Oh, okay, um, okay. But the reason we kind of got into this idea is both of us got obsessed with horror fiction podcasts at around the same time. And we just decided that we should we should take a crack at it and write our own. But I've always been a huge horror lover, continue to be. So Alex was the one who got me on to listening to horror fiction podcasts. And so once we started talking, that was always the concept. So what were some of the ones that, that drew you in? What, 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 were your, what was your taste, the, the, uh, the horror podcasts? I think the first one was the Magnus Archives. That was sort of the original one. Yeah, the original yeah, one yeah. that I got into. Then I sent to Emily, and I think my favorite thing about it was I sent it to you, and you listened to the episode 121st, and you were like, I don't yeah. get this show. 
Yeah, I was really confused. Starting with starting with the season two finale. Season two finale. Yeah. I was like, why did you recommend me this nonsensical podcast, Alex? Why, um, why are all these British people yelling at each other in funny voices? This doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, I was like, the accents are nice, but yeah, but I don't, I don't get it. Happening. I don't get it. Yeah. My cat's also come to say hello. Hello. Oh, hello cat. He wants to be famous. Um, well, yeah, we really bonded over loving the Magnus Archives. Tens of people. Yeah, Magnus <laughs> Archives is a great one. I think that's probably one of the first ones that drew me in as well, too. You know, I've talked to a lot of folks who, who've kind of started their creative, or, you know, delving into something creative that, that kind of leans into the horror aspect. And they tend to have all started in 2020. Was there Was there something that happened that sort of gave you both the time and inclination to create something terrifying uh, and existential in 2020. Well, Fun fact: <laughs> we had we'd already done it. It had already been done, so we, it just we happened. We wrote it, recorded it, and had it in the ah, bag before right, 2020. Well, there, yeah, there goes my started, pandemic theory that yeah, I've been working we started, on. Here. We started writing in 2019. Okay. When we started doing it, I think I think we both just needed a project. Mm-hmm. That was sort of I remember is that I think we were both kind of at the stage where it's like then everything kind of blows like let's just do something so that that's where it started i suckered ian into it partway through being like hey do you want to do like a podcast thing we ian and i had talked about doing a podcast about a year before we'd started something never finished it and i was like do you want to do this i was like it will be like like the episodes will be like short really straightforward Mm -hmm. not very involved they'll be like 15 minutes it's fine it's like 20 (laughs) minutes in and out we're done and then like every episode's like 40 minutes and like to this day he's like remember when you said that it'd be 15 minutes per episode i'm like yeah (laughs) you outright lied to your friend is what you did i didn't lie i was bad at looking at the number of pages we wrote and going like that seems like 15 minutes it's fine It'll be well, easy. and then and then our episodes have just only gotten longer. <laughs> yeah, it's not like we've. Tried it's to a good thing, breath. but yes, no, no, and the, and the and the sound production has gotten is has gotten better, but it's also gotten more involved. So you're just oh my God. creating more and more work for the poor guy. Yeah. Oh my have, god! I have. for episode one of season three and the first thing mm. he said to me was this episode is almost 50 minutes long and i said i'm sorry <laughs> hey listen we have 10 episodes every season yeah. we never said how long the episodes no. were gonna be no. <laughs> so like 10 60 minute episodes it's like the frankly, same thing as like fault. 15 yeah. minutes frankly it's being for too trusting. talented yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> also, him being too talented. This is a problem. Ooh, that's like, also the tagline of the show. Yeah. Do you trust your friends? Ian? Oh no, I don't. Not anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Not when it comes to making a podcast. Oh, it's because we made so much. We made. I made a bunch of a whole bunch of short stuff with him before this. Like a bunch. So you had a working relationship as far as as kind of the technical stuff, like the podcasting and that sort of like audio actual, dramas, or just yeah. we are actual coworkers. Ian and okay. Oh, you actually work. do work it. Okay. Okay. We are actual coworkers. The the Judith Owen relationship pulls a lot from our actual okay. relationship. Okay. Okay. That's cool. Um, and yeah, we we for the last six years we have been making stuff together. So love mostly like a lot of short jokey stuff, but. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, all of our relationships really pull from our real life relationships. So yeah. like, Alex and I have been friends for like over a decade, like and Ian and Alex work together at a recording studio. So really all you've added is the haunted basement and the cult shit. I mean, everything else is pretty much already there. Is that I mean, I grew up stone? in a house with a haunted basement. So Did like, you really? This is really just my true life. You guys don't know. 
Please, did I you mean, really like, grow up in a basement, uh, a house with a haunted basement? Because I want to hear yeah. about your haunted basement house. Uh, I totally did. And I would love yeah. to tell you that story if you want to hear it. <laughs> I would love to hear that story. Just real quick, for um, for those folks who, who uh, seriously, again, if you haven't heard the podcast, why are you still sitting here? Go listen to it. The premise is Claire and Judith are two best friends. And Claire has inherited a house from grandparents that she's never really met. She was adopted. These were her biological grandparents. And there's something wrong with the house. Uh, and then there's something wrong with Claire. So a lot of the podcast is Judith Nolan trying to figure out what's going on with Claire and how it all goes back to her family and this weird house. But yes, I want to hear about your weird house, Emily. Okay. I love telling this story. <laughs> so when I moved into a house, I was, let's see, I was six years old. And when we moved into this old kind of spooky house, it was really big. There was a lot of wood, wood paneling. It was really old. We inherited all of this old furniture from the previous owner. So the bedroom that I was in, I'd inherited this big four poster bed. And underneath the bed, there was like this slat. And the girl who'd lived in this bedroom before me had used the slat as a diary. Um, so she kept writing these things about like, you know, spending time in the secret basement with her friends. So I used to go to this basement. It was an unfinished basement, kind of creepy. And it went up to this crawl space. And one day I was down there playing by myself. We had like a little like air hockey table. So I was getting good at air hockey. I'm great at air hockey. And I saw on the wall, there was spray painted these red arrows. So I started following these arrows and I went into a crawl space where I had to like get on my hands and knees and crawl. And then I came out and it kind of went down and it came out on the other side to a bigger room again. And I was sort of looking around and on the wall in red spray paint, it said, help me, I'm trapped. And there were sort of like old liquor bottles around and like, like a really old looking blanket and like some mouse traps. No. I screamed and ran away. That's the end of the story. I never went back. I was terrified. I would not go into that basement to save my life. Smarter than every character on the show. <laughs> Seriously. Right, right. Oh, I'm, I think we should sell the house is what we should do. So, so, I literally never went back in. I would not. Honestly, smart. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, no, genius. But, but like, what did your parents have an explanation for it? I mean, like, what was the... I didn't mm -hmm. tell my parents. You didn't tell your parents that there was no. a dead guy in the basement? Or well, there least, was no, there was no well, dead person. There was just the thing. Well, I mean, the mice took care of that. Yeah. They had told me to not go into the crawl space. They were like, don't do it. So I didn't want to get in trouble for having gone in the crawl space. So I just kept this deep, dark secret. And I've since told them. And then I told them how I also thought the house was haunted because they were scratching in the walls all the time. And they told me that we just had a terrible rat infestation, but they didn't want to tell me as a child because it would scare me too much. But little did they know that now I think demons have been following me my whole life. That's yeah, really like, Just say it's rats. Like, yeah. Because like, then <laughs> would Parkdale haunt have happened? This is a good point. This is an excellent point. You know, God, your parents so yeah, did you know no haunted houses for you, Alex? No, I guess I guess it was less haunted. I have a I have a just hilariously enough considerably lower tolerance for horror. So a lot of the a lot of the spooky scenes that I write are based entirely on my own fears where I just sit there and go, what makes me uncomfortable? And then I just mm -hmm. start writing in like a fugue state. And then I wake up and there's blood on the knife. There's at least one Mazes and Monsters fan in this or like watcher in this thing. 
<laughs> yeah, definitely when Alex and I are doing brainstorming for the show, mm-hmm. we just go back and forth of being like, what's something that scares you? Yeah. <laughs> and Absolutely. we'll just kind of riff from there. My childhood home was not scary, although my last apartment before the one that I'm currently living in, we lived on the main floor of a converted house. And right outside of the our main door was like a set of stairs that go upstairs to the second floor. Mm-hmm. And one day I'm home alone and I'm sitting in the living room. And all I can hear is like the front door open and then close and then this very long pause. And then just this like, like this like thump, 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 thump of someone like rhythmically stomping mm-hmm. up the stairs oh, slowly. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not going to look. I'm not going to look. I'm not going to look up. Why would I look out there? That's nuts. So I just sat there and was like, I'm just going to turn up my movie. I'm going to watch Four Weddings and a Funeral really loud now. Thanks, whoever you are. So um, you never know? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's similar to how I never went back to the basement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm not looking at there. I'm not going to check and be like, what if my upstairs neighbors turned into a ghoul? Yeah, yeah, that's the difference between us and our characters. Alex and I both have a much better sense of self-preservation. Survival instinct, yeah. Yeah. Although, although Emily, if you were like, if you were like, like possessed or something, I feel like I would be like trying to help. I don't know if I'd go into like a spooky basement over and over again. I feel like I'd go in once, and then it would try to kill me, and I'd be like, okay, let's find another option. But well, I, well I Emily, like... it was nice knowing you, but uh, friendship <laughs> ended. <laughs> I would try to help as best. I would definitely do a lot of research. Alex, have you done a Ouija board with me? Because I've done Ouija boards many a time. I I think so. I think so. Maybe. I think when one of our friends moved into a new condo, they yes. wanted to make it haunted because they felt it was too sterile the way that it was. <laughs> so we just we just went in and invited a whole bunch of ghosts. So... <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm sorry. I, I I was raised in a very evangelical household, so the idea of bringing Satan into the house willingly, there's still enough of that left in me. It's like, this what a terrible idea. I'm playing the devil's game. Um, well, it worked out great in Parkdale Haunt. Yeah, yeah, it worked out great. Sure, yeah, you yeah. got a good podcast out of it. Your you, the property value of your friend's condo went way down, but the, the show was great. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Tell, we don't disclose. Right, like, right. You could just be like, the building might be haunted, but not your <laughs> unit. You don't know. Yeah. You don't yeah. Know. How do you feel about blood, bloody walls? I mean, uh, the blood goes away after a while, but it's... honestly, it's not staining my stuff. It's fine. It's do... totally staining your stuff, Alex. Oh. <sighs> okay, that's that's like I don't care about the blood, but I do care if it wrecks my stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, your your stuff will just be a little bit blood speckled. That's I mean, what renters insurance already, is for, though, right? Yeah. It kind of already is because I just have like like no sense of self preservation. So like, I've already definitely like been like oof, ouch, and like walked into something, and then just bled on something. So it's fine. Gives a little character to the place, yeah. Yes. <laughs> so we've got demons, we've got elder gods, we've got crazy cults, but the the scariest thing in most episodes to me is the little glimpses of the Toronto real estate business. That <laughs> is it? I live in the country. I'm, I, I live in the, the middle of the mountains in Pennsylvania, USA. I, our, our neighbors are, are a, a shotgun blast away. You know, it's like, I don't, there's no one. I don't have to worry about it. Is Toronto real estate really as scary as, as you it's all make worse. it out to be? It's is it worse? worse. Yo, it yes. sucks here. <laughs> Is it too expensive? Is it land at a at a premium? Is it? I mean, what's the? Is it just a matter of it being a cutthroat business? Yeah. 
just yes to everything. A yes to everything. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds it's, awful. It's over. It's overpriced. It's a mess. And it's uh, it's truly a hellscape. And when I was yeah. trying to rent my last apartment, there were bidding wars going on for rent. For an apartment. For rent. Yes, for an apartment. So people were like, I'm going to pay like 2000 Then you had to be like, I'm going to pay 2100 And then just like kept going up. It was brutal. See, that makes more sense to me why you would f- not sell the haunted house right off the bat. Because when are you going to get a house yeah. again? Exactly. Oh my gosh. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I always say like the most unrealistic part of Parkdale Haunt is the fact that my character owns a home in mm. Toronto <laughs> in her early thirties. In yeah. her early thirties. Yeah, right, like, right, that's right. not that's mm. not gonna happen. It's, and then, it's much more likely that I became the messiah of an esoteric mm, death cult. Mm-hmm, that mm-hmm, is so mm-hmm. much more likely than me owning a house. Yeah, and I think the most the most uh, yeah, the unrealistic things are yes, yeah, Claire owning a house. And the fact that there isn't like a 25 minute digression where Judith and Owen just complain about their rent. Like there's just an, like it happened an episode in like season one where they're just sitting there in the studio being like, oh my God, my landlord wants to raise my rent again. I mean, that should be the first episode of season three. We've, we've been waiting for all this long time and it's just the two complaining about the rent. Yeah. Claire's sitting there and she's like, oh my God, I gotta, I gotta rent a place. I hate it. And just, <laughs> like that would be an amazing opening episode where it's just Claire looking for an apartment. Mm-hmm. What if, what if Claire, what if I was renting the basement as a basement apartment? And trying to find a tenant. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my sometimes God. the room is there. Sometimes it's not. You <laughs> yeah, never exactly. know. Yeah. Have you ever wanted to live in hell? I mean, right. I know we do, but also like Look, more literally. You will save so much in heating costs during the winter. Yeah. Think about it. Because it it's gets cold here. On, it's literally on fire half of the time. Just think about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's fine. It's a fixer upper. I think, I think somebody would go for it. Yes. I mean, honestly, somebody would yeah, in somebody this market. Would. Yeah, there was recently yeah. a very real news story about someone who's selling a $2 million home in Toronto and they have a big sign that says it's not haunted. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> how many times did people send you that? Oh my God, so many. Same. Oh, I bet, I bet yeah. you've gotten it a million times. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, listen, like we, it's, it's fiction what we write, but mm-hmm. you know. Wink. Right. Yeah. So have your have your lives changed though? I mean, now that the you know the the, the podcast is is a hit, you've won some some pretty significant awards from from the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation and Apple themselves. And did you ever think that you were going to get this popular with, with your with your little haunted house show, or was this has this all been a nice dream? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I was always like, I think my mom's going to listen. Like. <laughs> I don't, Gosh, I don't. I'd be I lucky know. if my mom listened to this. Yeah. Uh, I don't know about you, but I always, I always sort of was like, I feel like we'll find an audience, but I don't. I, I was never really sure of how big it would get. Like mm-hmm. I knew there would be like spooky people looking for spooky podcasts, but, but I was uh, when, I remember looking at our numbers and I saw our first, our first episode, the first week it was out, it got like three hundred downloads, and I was like, okay, cool. That's pretty and then, good for our first episode, though. Yeah. Well, but then like the next month, we got like I looked at the numbers, and it was like you have ninety-two thousand downloads, and I was like, oh, okay. And there was a bit of a spike. It was really funny when they had the uh, the percentages up because it was like your percentages it went from went like off. you're like a seven hundred percent increase or whatever, and you're mm-hmm. like, all right, cool, thanks. Yeah, it's amazing. I don't think we ever expected it to get as big as it as it was. I mean, I think that at the beginning when we have sort of the mm-hmm. podcast within the podcast, mm-hmm. 
and Claire is like, hello, like all like five people listening to this. That right, is how right. I felt. Yeah, I was, yeah. I was like, it's, it's found footage. Yeah, Emily, yeah, exactly. Hi, five people listening to this. Yeah. Um, so obviously, that's insanely grown. And I think we're at like one and a half million downloads. Yeah, we're, now. we're, yeah, we're around 1.5 million downloads now, which is really exciting going into our third season. But Absolutely. Yeah, it's been amazing. So, so what do you th- what do you think that you've tapped into in the zeitgeist that is that 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 has given you such a, a sky high rise in, in popularity of the show? I mean, aside from the, the fact that it's very well written and well acted and the sound quality is great, but do you think you've you, maybe you've tapped into something kind of intangible in it that something we oh sorry you oh I was just gonna say something we're really proud of is the fact that we are representing Toronto and we are very much Canada. Toronto is a city where a lot of people come to film here, but it's never actually Toronto. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. like, I don't know, Hannibal filmed here, Umbrella Academy filmed here, all of these shows and whatever. Yeah, yeah, and they're yeah. always somewhere else. They're like Baltimore yeah. or like yeah, New York yeah. or something. Yeah. So it was really important to us to have it be Toronto as Toronto. Cause we are a city of uh, like what? 5 million people, something like that. Around there or something like that. Okay. Yeah. And I think that people really responded to the fact that like we were naming real places. And every time we reference any kind of like restaurant or bar or anywhere we go, mm-hmm. that's a real place that exists in Toronto and so like the local sort of pickup that it's gotten has been really important to me because I think people see their city actually being represented as their city and that's really exciting to me yeah GTA is is five mil almost six million but Toronto itself is just under three okay right yeah so you've got about 62 percent of the population of the city left to go (laughs) come on guys Get on that. Yeah, yeah. Did you have an answer to that, Alex, about sort of tapping into the zeitgeist? Yeah, I mean, I think I think when it comes to telling a story like that, I think a big part of it is trying to create characters that you you want you want to know more about and you want to see them succeed and you want to know and you want to explore those relationships. And I think that between the writing and our own our own sort of natural chemistry as people like, you know, between me and Emily and our history mm-hmm. and between, I don't know, for like me and Ian and our history and stuff like that, that like it makes these characters something that you want to, you want to explore these things with them and you mm-hmm. want to know more about them. And I think that's such a huge part of that. And I think, you know, like, you know, I, I know for writing, writing for characters, you can either write, you can write to the actor or you can find the actor that works with the character. And mm-hmm. in this case, we're writing to the actor. Right. Yeah. Um, so because you are the actor. Yeah. yeah. So you're yeah, yeah know, exactly. You know, obviously like, you know, I am, I am not Judith and Emily is not Claire, but I, you know, we know each other's vocal tics and things like that. So you can sort of write a script that kind of fits with how, like how that it's going to, they can mm-hmm. read something comfortably versus forcing them kind of into like a character character. Sure. So there are some people who are that in the show, like like a bird is a very good example of Mm -hmm. like, you know, Taylor is not like that. Right. Um, I I hope nobody is like that. No, no. Um, But yeah, like for me, but you know, for me and Emily and Ian, like that's, there is, there is a, the nugget of ourselves in there Mm -hmm. that we can work with. So does the writing ever look like Judith says something snarky and you're just going to assume that Alex will come up with something snarky? You know, just as a shorthand, or or like how much I don't improv? I've never done that. Oh, no, yeah, there yeah. It, there is riffing on the scripts, but it's yeah. all written. 
Yeah, okay. once, we're, once we're in studio, we have the script and it is completely 100% written. Okay. But Alex especially will improv off, off the lines, especially as she's directing to try and get real <laughs> responses from us. Yes, I also I also direct the show. So there will be moments where where I will either I will riff myself or we I'll just be like, you know, cutting lines as we go or getting people to change stuff up. Because like once you hear it, it will sound you're like, oh, this doesn't work or like this sounds awkward and someone's stumbling over it. And so there is the script is still very much alive once we're in the booth it's not it's not a static thing that you're like you must mm. stay with the script with yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah so i think it's one of those things where it's cool because it is very much written we have it all written but because we ourselves are the creators we have the permission to change things on the fly whenever we want to right yeah so if a line's not working for us we'll just be like mm, nope that sounds weird when i say it we're changing this word and i yeah. think that allows us to have kind of a more natural tone yeah, yeah. There's definitely there's definitely spots of improvisation. There's there's jokes and stuff that the the laughter is real that uh, has been kept in. There's always sort of a freedom for everyone to like if something feels weird or you think you've got like an idea of something that'll work better, then like mm -hmm. go for it. And if it doesn't work, then it doesn't work, but that's fine. It's audio. I just I just take it out in the Pro Tools section session and just put it in the DNU pile. We have so many good outtakes. We have millions of them and they're all oh amazing. And Alex keeps them all and I've shared a bunch of them with our Patreons at least. Yes, there's there are there are hundreds and I keep all the good ones. And some of them will never see the light of day because they don't make sense outside of like a very small context. I will like always remember though, Alex, just one time that you just really stunned me. There was this line of Claire goes, she's like, you know, Judith, like you really have a fetish for facing things head on. And oh, that's not my only fetish. <laughs> that was not in the script. And I just like died. <laughs> I kept, I kept that line in and I just trimmed the laugh because, because I have that full take and you lost it. And then the next line, the next thing you said was, I don't know what to say. I don't remember what the line after favorite. that was, but I was just like, I was like, I can't, I can't I go back into character right yeah, now. I can't. I can't. It's yeah, gone. We're going to, we're going to have to walk away for five minutes. Yeah. Yeah. No, sometimes you have to, you have to salvage what you can of those moments because they're just too good to waste. But other than that, they I think it turned out to be blackmail. It's, it's yeah. in there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was about. Oh yeah, it's in there. Yeah, it's in, it's awesome. in season one. It's a line in season one somewhere. Like maybe I think it's like in the, maybe the third episode. I think. Yeah, it was I right when we and... first started recording. Mm -hmm. So like we yeah. were brand new to this, brand new to recording. I, it was my first time doing any kind mm -hmm. of voice acting work at all. So it was a it was a you know, portent of things to come. A portent. <laughs> <laughs> chilling, chilling look. <laughs> It's noticeable that you're figuring things out, but in a good way, because you are, the characters are also figuring out how to make this podcast. And I've been, and, and I've been thinking about this as we've been talking, how oh, a smart person would not go into the basement more than once. And a smart person would, would stay out of the crawl space and, and the characters don't do that. But I was thinking about if I'm filming something, if I'm, you know, doing a podcast of something dangerous, I know I kind of feel like the camera is going to protect me, you know, like, like there's that, that, there's that separation of self that kind of makes you dumber than you normally would be if, if it weren't for an audience. Did that thought ever kind of occur as you were making this, that 
that these these folks are are continuing this not just because Claire's been possessed, but for the likes, for the you know, for the, for the, for the growing audience, that sort of thing. I mean, I think that they like they stop making the podcast basically immediately. It never like so mm-hmm. the podcast within a podcast never even like really happens. That's true. It That's all true. falls apart. There's just all yeah, of those yeah. old recordings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, 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 right. So like the big driving factor for them is the 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 relationship between Claire and Judith, and <laughs> Judith being like her drive being like I have to figure out what's going on with Claire, and then. <laughs> then you bring Owen in and then Owen sort of like, I need to help this person. This is my friend. So I'm going to help them. And I always go with like a really good example of like what a horror movie would look like if everybody just acted like ultra rationally is that scene in community where like Abed is like, Oh, if there was a murderer outside, I would just like turn all the lights on and turn the radio up so I could hear the news. And I would stand back to back with the person holding a knife all night long. And, and you're like, that's, rational but it's incredibly boring it's not exciting yeah, yeah. yeah. and like there is there is a line like emily i know you've seen i think ninety-two thousand horror movies at this point i've seen like four and all of them bad and <laughs> but it's like you you would know that feeling of like when there's the difference between a character doing something that's like kind of foolish but like makes sense and people doing stuff that you're just like you're an idiot and like to serve the script that. yeah 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 it's the opposite of plot armor plot dumb dumb mm-hmm so is that a line that that you're you guys are keeping in mind as you're writing to kind of keep you from going to plot dumb dumb and to make your actions sort of make sense for the because there are some risks that Judith and Owen take that to some extent are understandable but sometimes it's especially when Judith kind of starts to crack a little bit herself then it's like mm, that's you're you're just kind of going off the deep end here a little bit yeah I mean I think we really paid attention to character motivations and stakes and mm-hmm. when you have really high stakes and and your goal is that important to you you will do foolhardy things to meet your end so I think a lot of the actions that you see for instance Judith taking is it's coming from a place but matters so much to her mm-hmm. to to get Claire back to 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 get to the bottom of this. And so she's willing to sacrifice her own safety in order to reach that goal. It's just that her goal is that important to her. Mm-hmm. It's the way I think about it. Yeah. And I think that that's a very natural thing to do for people. I think that like a lot of times people make decisions not based on like pure, just only if, if everyone just made like pure rational decisions, life would be both very boring and no one would need therapy. But so much stuff is based on emotion and mm-hmm. like, and like your, your, your relationships with others and like how, what those things mean to you that like, t- like I think everyone's actions are sort of driven by that versus just like pure foolhardy, like let's drive right. into the woods. Let's go to the haunted house. Woo. Yeah. Like, well, that's also something I would do for sure, though. But, right. Yeah. <laughs> and I would be like, I'll see you when you get back. <laughs> or I won't. I don't know. We'll see what happens at the haunted house. Look, call me if, call me if the demon is here and I'll come get right, you. Right. <laughs> All right, demon. Fight me, IRL. Were you really mad at me when I went to a haunted house in April, Alex? Oh <laughs> You're like God. just like waiting by the phone. Like, Emily. How could you? <laughs> Did you go on a ghost tour or was it like... Hey, I, w- I went to go idea. stay in a haunted house. Okay. Yeah. So you're for, into it. You like this stuff. This oh, is, this is, yeah, this this is, is my bread and butter. Bread and yeah. butter. Oh yeah, my God. Yeah. Yes. It's, uh, <laughs> all, all of the spooky stuff is for me. I find horror stuff like less scary now, now that we've, we've done the show. I find it like more tolerable before I was a giant baby. Well, I think, I think I think that probably comes with kind of having to dissect the genre because to some extent you are 
you're spoofing it a little bit. You're spinning on it. You're making a spin on it. Like when Claire becomes possessed, she turns into an Instagram guru. You know, it's like it's it's not that her head doesn't spin around. She starts drinking, you know, charcoal biotic shakes and whatnot. You know, is that not is, so much scarier? And that is horrifying. Exactly. <laughs> The, the 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 esoteric cult is is they're basically a yoga cult, you know. They're they're a self help cult, you know, and that is so much scarier because that's what would happen, you know. It's like the, it's it, it's the loss of self. Aside from those being clever jokes, like was there was there something deeper that you were trying to say with the fact that that evil in the show is personified by internet culture? Basically, was was that on purpose as well, or was it just because eh, this is funny that 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 she would turn into an instagram guru you know? i mean it sucks out here man <laughs> is it just is it just toronto is awful and so is the internet is that is that really what I it is yeah. so one thing we talked about is uh, alex and i talked about as we were developing the show is it really is about this friendship right the mm-hmm. friendship between claire and judith and sort of this horror and this terror of losing a friend yeah. and just a matter yeah. of seeing your friend fall apart and drift away from you and feeling helpless to do anything to stop mm-hmm. them and so i know i really wanted to play with this sort of idea of your friend is there she's right in front of you but she's not the person she used to be mm-hmm. she's a completely different person who just is alien to you and I think to a lesser extent, like that's something as women in our thirties, we just see all the time from, yeah. from our friends of like one day we'll have a very normal conversation. And then the next day they'll be like part of a multi-level marketing scheme. <laughs> and um, like, I don't know, like trying to like a girl from high school will be trying to sell me like juice or something on Facebook. Hey girl. So someone, one of our reviewers wrote that it was, a really good satire of white woman wellness culture. Yes. And and yes. I do think that is something mm-hmm, that we mm-hmm. definitely set out to do. Mm-hmm. And, and I hope we achieved. Yeah, absolutely. And for, as a listener, it was, I caught on, you know, it's like, oh, okay. All right. They're white ladies in their thirties. Okay. This makes sense now. Yeah. It, yeah. Was, it was buying into the perfection. Yeah. But the feeling of like, the feeling of like losing a friend and watching them change in front of mm-hmm. you is something mm-hmm. that I've seen over and over again, come yeah. up with, especially I think a lot of women who've listened that, that has really resonated with people, but that feeling of, yeah, watching someone you, you love and you care about change in a way that you can't stop, but also in a way that's like quite, sometimes just very benign like mm-hmm, it's not mm-hmm. it's not you know if claire had just gone and like minus the possession part if she had just gone and like just gotten really into yoga and got super annoying right it's right. like how you can't what do you do about that you just mm-hmm, gotta mm-hmm. like be like oh this sucks like, also i was having a moment i've just been listening re-listening to season two as to get ready for talking about season three and i was listening to some of claire's monologues and like i'm going through a difficult period in my life right now and i was listening to them and i was like yeah claire yeah <laughs> that's how they get you, how they get you. that's the I thing like, i was like we wrote these we wrote these as satire but i'm, I'm sitting here like oh my god it is the other person's fault that they disappointed me that wasn't me oh my god thank you claire but that's the thing and you're and you both you, you you're both touching on it is from the outside yes claire is getting annoying but Claire's relationship seems to go really well with with her boring, you know, her boring boyfriend, and her skin's cleared up, and she, you know, she's healthier, and and so it's like, you know, exactly what you said. You see your friends 
grow in a different direction. And, and yeah, it doesn't seem like there's anything wrong, but the people who are closest to you, you can tell mm, this, this is surface level. There's something deeper going on. Yeah. Judith just had the, 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 you know, the luck of knowing it was because she was possessed by a demon, but you know, outside wise, uh, it was hard not to say, mm, maybe is Claire maybe better off right now where she was considering. I don't, I don't know. It's like, it was, was this possession the worst thing that happened to her? And there were, you know, there were some moments where I was, where I kind of went back and forth on that. It was like, mm, Judith, maybe leave her alone for a bit and see where this goes. <laughs> She's let's, let's, let's let this ride out for a bit. Yeah. yeah. She's not, her, her head's not spinning around. So yeah. Good. Yeah. Exactly. Audio podcast, exactly. But like, um, <laughs> I need to be able to know that her hair looks amazing. All of season two. Yeah. She's just, I mean, like, I can, I can picture her great. in her, in her yoga pants and her Lululemons and, and that, yeah. That high kick-ass ponytail, just like I'm, you know, yeah, looking like the like she's at the top of her game. She's got one um, of those, like like beautiful swell bottles. She's like she's like moisturized <laughs> in her lane, like <laughs> <good>. and, <laughs> and Judith is just like hungover and rumpled, being like, "You've exactly. changed, man." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and, they, and that's exactly it. It's like. Judith is 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 still getting drunk with Owen, and and she's she's still in a string of of, of not a string of bad, but she's had some bad relationships and some dates yeah. that didn't go anywhere. And it's like, okay, Judith's still in her twenties, you know. It's like you she's still acting the same way, and and it really is like is growing up basically becoming possessed by an outside <laughs> force. Is that is that what's going on with all of us? That that we, you know, something enters us and we're not as cool as we used to be, but maybe that's not a bad thing, you know. But that was definitely something we wanted to play with. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's like it's just about like this growing older and people change and you choose new life life paths and everything. And that's scary. And it becomes scary of being like, oh, what if everyone else changes and becomes better and and starts families and I'm just alone drinking mm-hmm. in my basement for the rest of my life. Like you you get kind of this like thing of being like Am I resentful towards these people because I'm worried about where I'm at and and they're actually being crazy or or is it just that like this is a natural part of evolving and growing and so in this case it's demonic but it was a very real insecurity that we wanted to tap into. Yeah. Almost wish the you know that we all had that that at least tangible if if not supernatural reason to blame on on the changes that go through us when we get older, you know, it's oh, I'm oh, I'm possessed. At least I can oh, I can put a finger on it. Yeah, yeah, it's the demons doing it. Yeah. Oh my god, that's why I have acid reflux now. Yeah, the demons. It's you. the demons. It's not because I'm thirty. Oh my god. No, no, no. no. This this dad bot I'm growing in my forties now is all <laughs> demonic. That's all <laughs> that is. Yep, yep. That's where it is. That's what, yep, that's yep. what happens. Oh, oh, it's a scary, scary thing. <laughs> That's got me all feeling existential now, which, <laughs> which I think I love about the show because yes, on its surface it is two best friends in a haunted house and it's spooky and there's cult stuff, but yeah, it's it's there is all this stuff about getting older and I think sometimes we don't take the time as listeners we may not necessarily take the time to dig into into what might be the subtext. And I think there is a lot to say, you know, as a, I don't, I, I don't pr- pretend to understand what it's like to be a woman at all uh, as a, you know, but I understand the troubles of growing older and watching your friends die. So there's, or die, leave you and change. So there is universality in that, but I, yeah, I, I, I absolutely would understand, um, you know, working through that journey. 
of growing older and, and losing yourself watching your friends change and how that is a horror show. You know, that feels scary, especially when you're in your 20s and you know that's coming, you know. You know, you're in your 30s now. Enjoy them. 40 is is a lot darker. It's like we'll, it's like we'll make it's like two or three then. demons. Last thing I want to touch about, and, and we mentioned this when we, we started off. Alex, you are on an actual play D and D podcast now. You just started. Yes, I, I recently joined the cast of Dice Shame, which is on the Rusty Quill Network. I just joined in with my very fun druid character, and. Uh, yeah, the show is the show is great. The uh, everyone on the show is lovely, and and I have somehow kicked my way in there, and now now I'm joining in on the journey. So the show's been running for a while, and I am replacing a new. I'm replacing one of the characters. For those of you who are are horror pod fans like myself, Rusty Quill is a big deal as far as that. They've put out some of the best horror fiction of the last few years. Uh, Magnus Archives, The Silk Verses. Like, <laughs> kudos to you. But you've got a D&D background, yes. and Emily, you, Alex, you were the perpetual DM, and Emily, you played with her for a few times, so... I haven't done D&D with her, but I have done other yeah, games. What, yeah, what were your games? What, yeah, what were your games? What did we play? We were on a spaceship. Yeah, we did We did a sci-fi. I know, I know we did a sci-fi <laughs> one-shot that I ran. Okay. Uh, and I and I, I just remember me running up to do something and Alex was like, You realize you're at such disadvantage to even yeah, try this. And I was like, I don't care. I'm doing I don't it. Care. I was like, do it, man. Okay, that guy pounds you into the dirt. Yep. <laughs> but that's what your character would do. Yeah. 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 Okay, yeah. Emily. Yeah, yeah. I have DM'd for a while. I think the last time I actually played D D, like as a player, was in high school where we mostly just found ways to torture our DM by like making the worst decisions because we were all like 16 years old. Exactly. And then I, and I DM for a while and, and now I am back to playing, which is very fun. And I'm, I'm playing a water Genasi Druid and uh, it's a hoot. I'm just having a lot of fun. Are are you looking forward to causing problems for the DM again? Are all those old muscles being relaxed? Yeah. Yeah. It's great because I'm coming into a show where all the other characters have established relationships and I'm mm-hmm. I'm stumbling in just like I'm here now, but it means that I get to like have fun with building those relationships. Mm-hmm. And it means mm-hmm. that I don't automatically have to like everyone. I don't want to come in and just be like, we're besties now, right? Because I find that boring. Wow. So you're just going in and I haven't listened yet. You're just going <laughs> in and stirring shit up. Uh-huh. That's and, my Alex. Well, That's what you get to do. Yeah. I was talking today about it because I was like, I was like, at one point I was like, what if I, I, I was kind of considering like, what if I played her like super, super friendly? And then the problem is that my natural inclination, as soon as I start going, as soon as I start improving, I just... I just get very sassy and <laughs> and I was like out the window. I'm just going to go back to the thing I'm really good at, which is just letting a pause hang too long and then going, okay. <laughs> and, just, and just the slow <laughs> smile fade. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, just all right. <laughs> it's a neutral face. But yes. <laughs> That's a lot Sometimes of fun. Sometimes I just for you. think about how Alex has heard every single inflection of me saying okay that exists. <laughs> yeah. There's, a, there's like a fun drinking game with Park Del Haunt you can play where there's like every time that like Claire says okay, I think I'm fine. I'm, I'm fine. Yeah, I'm fine, fine as long as that's <laughs> yeah, I'm totally can... fine. I just need a snack. 
Yeah, yeah. If you another if, glass of wine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you wanna if you every time Judith starts a line with a sigh, or every time Judith says like yells Claire, I feel like you could easily just get ripped doing Someone that. Someone on Twitter said that they're gonna do it for season three, and I'm worried oh, about them. I told <laughs> them to do it with water. Yeah, yeah make yeah, it yeah. make it a charity stream. So I will not do- when you do pass out, everybody can see it and call nine one one right off the bat. Yeah. That would be an amazing charity stream if it was just me, you, and Ian doing that with like beards, and we just had to get through season three and like yeah. listen back and just be like, "Oh no, we had the beer." Yeah, the only problem is Ian can chug a beer faster than any person I've ever <laughs> seen in my entire life. True. So right. we just have to tell him to sip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh no, he he would. Yeah, I once I once tried to go. I once, I think I was trying to go drink for drink with him, and I, I that was the biggest mistake. It didn't in my work life. out for you. Oh, that was like yeah, year, yeah, yeah. years ago at like a work party, and I was like, "I'll be fine." Well, he's got a little kid now, right? So yeah, yeah. So now, so now he's. Uh, you, you know, it's gonna slow him down. Yeah, it's gonna he's, slow he's, him down. You might be able to keep up. Yeah, but, uh, take advantage. <laughs> of your friend's exhaustion. He's so tired. No, <laughs> and he's got COVID. You could beat him right now. I mean, that's true. Actually, you could beat him right now, Alex. Yes, I haven't. I haven't heard back from him. So there's a solid chance he might just be asleep. So, oh yeah, yeah but let, if he actually wrestles rest. tigers yeah. or not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. going to again say that I I'm going to give Ian the benefit of the doubt and say that at some point he's wrestled something tiger adjacent, maybe a small cat, maybe a bobcat, okay. maybe a like bobcat? a okay. person, maybe like a mascot in a tiger costume. costume. Sure, yeah. sure. Actually, honestly, I could see that. Like maybe like maybe a raccoon. Oh my god. A raccoon would be very Toronto. Trash pan. Uh, our yeah, city yeah, is known yeah. for having many, many raccoons. This is true. Is I it, like, is the I like uh, the official animal of, of Toronto is the is the I trash don't know panda? If it's official, yeah. but it's certainly the unofficial one. It's definitely yeah. the unofficial. There's a there's a Toronto lore thing. It's one of my favorite things that ever happened in the city, which is uh there was a raccoon that had died and it was on a sidewalk and this one I called 311, which is like mm-hmm. our, like city number to clean it like someone sends one to clean it up and no one came and so people just started putting like like leaving flowers by it they made a little oh. grave there was like there was like memorial stuff for it someone had like a little like picture of a raccoon like so people would go and like leave flowers by the dead raccoon and then when it was gone somebody went and they put a chalk outline on the ground with like little pylons <laughs> the city is obsessed with animals it's amazing the Capybara, the escape peacock, the IKEA monkey. That's fantastic. And then you gotta wonder was was the was the chalk drawing cheeky or did somebody actually miss the raccoon? You know, it's like how much <laughs> of that is sadness and how much of it is just being a dick about it. I mean it's amazing. Have you ever been a Toronto raccoon story? Yeah, do you have a raccoon story? Yeah, absolutely. Oh no, I do I do have a raccoon story, but it's a little it's the person who it's about would kill me if I told it. So oh. sorry. Was he attacked by one? I will say that raccoons come to my window in the middle of the night and my cat just starts screaming. Sure. At them. Like just like and it freaks what are they me clawing out at the window with their little rascal hands? Yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah. Exactly. Trying to get in. We had a couple of years ago in my area, like I said, I, li- I live in Pennsylvania, about oh, maybe maybe 20 miles, 30 miles from, from where I am, a truck was transporting monkeys to one of the local universities who were for, for their veterinary program or whatever. Huh. The truck crashes and all the monkeys escape. This is and we're 
eight days later. Yeah, this is this is how outbreak started, right? right. <laughs> so for like a week and a half, all of these sick monkeys are are in the the mountain woods of Pennsylvania, just roaming while while every every zookeeper in the area tries to hunt them down. Oh. And apparently they were saying they were they were they were starting fights oh with the raccoons God. because they were going God. after they shared a food source. So so there would be monkeys treeing raccoons and raccoons treeing monkeys and like this turf war is breaking out between the two. This and is literally so, my nightmare. That's I, incredible. It's my movie. Like I if, if I make a movie someday, it's going to be the, the the plucky raccoons who defend their home from the diseased army of monkeys who just breaks out. Yeah. <laughs> Have you seen oh Nope God. yet? Have I seen which yet? Nope. Oh, nope. No, I haven't gotten around to seeing. Is it good though? Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Are are there are there monkeys and raccoons in that one as well? There is a monkey. Okay. Who does a lot of very interesting things, and it's gotcha. definitely gotcha. worth a watch. I, I love Jordan Peele, so yeah, it's it's just a matter of getting out to see it, man. Again, I'm 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 40. I've got kids. I can't I can't see movies anymore. <laughs> like that's probably I, why you hate Disney so much. That's right. <laughs> I know that, like my brother, I have two nieces, and my brother yeah. is just like, "Oh my god, these songs, these songs." Mm. But I've I've been able to watch Bluey on Disney, so I have to give them that. The new irritating kids show that we all love. Oh, um, yeah, just to get out to see Doctor Strange, the last Doctor Strange movie. Like, I had to plan three weeks in advance, and and you know, tranquilize the kids and sneak out under <laughs> cover of darkness. Like, it was it was not an easy task. Alex Emily season three, by the time this airs, will have released. Is the season done or are you still working as you go? We're still got, we still got, we're finishing up the sound design stuff. Okay. Uh, the season's been recorded. So that's all there. We're just getting through the last of the sound design. And yeah, and then we're just gonna, gonna release that baby. Yeah, I think, I don't know about you. I've listened to the first pass, the first five episodes with the sound design on them. Is that is that right? Yes. I'm so, I'm yeah, so excited. We have so we have so much crazy shit to come. Can, can you can you can you share anything with us? Give us a little tease of what's coming up. By the time this airs, it'll already be out. So it's really just for me. Listen, kind of. I feel like we just did a lot of stuff that we were like, this would be super fun to do, and it kind of it's definitely like bigger. Like there's a lot of okay. stuff that's just there's a lot of stuff happening. I don't know, Emily, if you want to, if you've got thoughts. I would say that there are two original songs. Well, there's a, there's some scoring, and oh. then there's a, an original song that I'm very very excited about. Okay, did yes. Ian write these or were these? No, okay. By, they're both by Phil Wright, who did our our theme song. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. He did a short original song, which he also sings in the episode, and and it's kind of haunted. And he also did some scoring for an episode. We normally don't have much music, but he right. did a, some scoring, and it is great. Yeah, Phil is also a delight and a, a talent, very talented composer and also a coworker. But yes, he is a yes, he is also a very talented composer. Awesome. Well, I am looking forward to it, and I will be downloading the first day that the episode comes out. So, Alex and Emily, it has been such a pleasure talking to the both of you. I am a big fan of the show. I'm a big fan of the work that you two and Ian do. I think Parkdale is really one of the most enjoyable 45 minutes of my week. And I am so <laughs> looking forward to, <laughs> to the next season. 
He's like recording um, this fifteen minutes long. Right, right, right. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to lie to Ian. The episodes yeah. are not fifteen minutes long. Yeah. No, I think that they are. I. I mean, like, I love these episodes, and I don't care that they're long. And I think that we had so much fun. We have so much fun yeah. doing it. It's, it's just being in the being in the booth is great. Working on everything is great. Yeah, being in the booth is unhinged. Like Emily, this Emily, all the screaming you do. The all season two, so upsetting, but so good. And yeah, we really recorded season three really condensed, more condensed mm-hmm. than we have the previous two. So it was very much like, oh, here's two weeks of me experiencing every emotion that every exists. Emotion. <laughs> there's, there's some, I will say that there's like some very, very high emotion scenes that like we recorded like at some ridiculous times lunch breaks mm-hmm. and like on weekends where we'd be like all right we're just gonna do this we're gonna go we're gonna go nuts and then by the end of it you're like i gotta lay down for a bit i think i've just been yelling at you guys <laughs> like, like, i got 20 so minutes tiring. for lunch we need to get the scream session out right now so let's do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah yeah the season one fun thing season two the last very last thing we recorded was a whole bunch of what i like to call pain sounds we just did a whole it was me and Ian in the booth <laughs> And I went, I went to work because mm-hmm, I was still working mm-hmm. home at the time. And all I did was go in and just be like, oh, 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 oh. And yep. so, and then, uh, then Ian would go in the booth and he'd be like, bleh, bleh. <laughs> that's all we did. And that was the final thing recorded for season two <laughs> was a whole bunch of sounds of us just being like, bleh, bleh, oh, oh. <laughs> I didn't I even a... know that my voice could do some of these things. I know, I know. <laughs> it's amazing. It's talents we all have. Yeah. Season, season two, Emily, is where I was just like, sorry, I feel like I'm dragging this out. No, um, not at all. I'm, I'm loving all this. Yeah. 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 One, one fun thing, and Emily, we talked about this recently, was that originally when we planned out the show, we didn't know who would play which character. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We sort of wrote script, the first script, and then it was like, okay, which one of us is going to be Judith and which one of us is going to be Claire? And... I kind of, one thing I remember is that, like, I, I was sort of like, maybe I'll be Claire. And then you were like, I think I want to be Claire. And I was like, okay, I guess I'm going to be Judith. And then, but I think it worked out for the best because especially in season two, the highs and lows that you were pulling, mm-hmm. I was like, I can't do that. <laughs> I can't do that. Well, I mean, I think, I think it just developed the way that it was supposed to, yes. right? Yeah. Like, especially, like, utilizing the relationship between you and Ian as Judith and Owen was so crucial to, to the story. And yeah. Once we got that casting in, we were able to really like write for ourselves and for, for each other for because yeah, because we knew who was who. Originally, Owen was going to be a much smaller character who was going to basically just be like a voice occasionally in the booth. And then once Ian really was on and he was open to being a character, that was sort of after we'd started. I think we'd written like one episodes one and two. And then after that was when Owen starts being built into the story <laughs> more and he starts becoming yeah. like a real character. So did he want to be a real character and ask for more or did you make him do more i make him do more yeah, we, just, yeah. we, just, we, just, we just wrote it mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting how this is all going on I, I think he might appreciate the night off actually it's probably a good thing <laughs> yeah. that he's not here <laughs> oh my God. yeah no no i had already recorded him a number of times for stuff as a voice actor and so i i'm like i was already aware because emily you had met him before so i oh. don't know when i met him for the first you, time you i think i, I think i probably time. met him in the studio yeah, it would have been it would have been for yeah. one of the records to be the first time you met him. So I so I was aware of what he could do. And he's quite a talented voice actor. And so it was it was a lot of fun to get that and to just yeah, to work with that natural relationship where 
you know, these two weirdos sitting in the booth. I'm like, this is just our real life. I think everyone gets like an episode to shine, mm -hmm. um, especially season two. I always go with like, yeah. Emily, your episode's episode 13. Ian's obviously is episode 19. Yeah. I don't know which one Judith is. I think maybe 20. All of them. <laughs> a lot of the time she's just sighing a lot. Judith has some great emotional moments in season two, though, when we find out the the secret behind her girlfriend, um, oh, which I'm not gonna, which I'm not going to spoil. But but it was really like, oh yeah, okay, yeah, that's that's <laughs> heartache on heartache on on that one. So yes, uh, it, Judith really does have a nice emotional arc in, in season two. Yeah, she just um, yeah, thank you. I don't find that she goes as big in those seasons as much as like the you two you and ian do or emily and ian do um but yeah there's some there's some lovely stuff in there yeah 13 and 19 are two like big standouts yeah. for me that was my favorite thing about recording season two is just that i got to be a million people <laughs> like mm -hmm. i was like this is so this is so deranged because i'll be possessed claire then i'll be real claire and then i'll be Claire sort of peeking out from behind the possessed Claire. Help but me. then I'll be yeah, like, yeah. I'll be possessed Claire who's not public facing, who's like mm -hmm. internal facing. Mm -hmm. And so like being a bitch to like Reggie or whatever. But then I'll have Claire who's like the out facing possessed Claire. Oh, it's so fun. I was like 500 <laughs> people and I loved every minute of it. Yeah. Were you a little schizophrenic towards the end of it? And it's like, I don't know which Emily I am today. Yeah, absolutely. It was a lot of fun recording that stuff. And yeah, season one's a lot of fun. Season two gets gets real wild and season mm -hmm. three is our our big send-off to this show and as we get to so this is going to be the last season this is the last yeah. season so what's what's next do you have plans to do something else or are we are you not sure yet are we breaking up the party <laughs> i think everyone's got sort of like stuff they kind of want to figure out i know we, we have nothing planned but stuff stuff is being sort of tossed around so but i think first i think first we need a little break Season, sure, three was, season three was very intense to do. Our timelines were quite compressed. Season one, we did over like the span of like a year. Season two, we did over the span of like eight months. And then season three, we did an even tighter timeline. And yeah, in between there, we had we had COVID. We had like Ian had a kid. Ian broke his arm. Like, you know, we just had we had a lot of shakeups in everyone's lives. You know, it was just mm -hmm, there mm -hmm. was a lot going on. So we had, yeah, timelines just got completely wacky for a while <laughs> so i mean the thing is is that we don't really get paid for this uh no, the right. it's a labor of love. amazing yeah. but it's yeah. still like yeah. a labor of love so we're all mm -hmm. working full time and just trying to like live our lives and be able to live our lives um yeah. and it was always a planned three season arc for park Delta. Okay. we didn't want to you know, just drag it out forever. We wanted mm -hmm. it to be a tight mm -hmm. story with a beginning and an end. So at the very beginning, when we were talking about it, we knew that there were going to be three seasons. So you had the and we, Yeah, okay. and we okay. knew okay. what was going to happen that. in yeah. the three seasons. Yeah. So we, rather than like trying to just like drag it on into infinity, yeah. we wanted to tell a really tight story with a narrative arc that starts and ends. And yeah. I think that we're all working on independent projects, but I'm I totally think we're going to work together in the future. We're just yeah. not sure what form that'll take yet. Yeah, sure. yeah. We don't have like a we don't have like a set project to be like our next thing is just mm -hmm. like this. It's more of like, like all right, let's figure out like what do we what what are we feeling like and what do we want to do next and what does that mean? Like what roles do we all want to take in that one going forward? Although uh, just to manifest mm. Parkdale Haunt the TV show, please someone. <laughs> we, that's, <laughs> that's what I really want. Great. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Do you do you think it would translate to a TV show? And would you want to star in it or would you just I mean, what would 
No, you no, just want to stay behind write. the camera. Do you want to yeah. write it? Yeah, I yeah. want to write. I want to write. I would love. I would love. Like, so who's your star casting for 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 each other? Alex, who would you Ooh. cast as Claire? Emily, who would you cast as as? Oh, who would I? Cast? I haven't oh even God. thought about it. I, I should have an answer for this, but I don't. Yeah, my problem is that is that I I do all the dialogue edits, so I listen to the show so much, mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, and so when I do the dialogue edits, I can't unhear, like. I can't mm. unhear Emily. Like right, so, right, my, right. I just picture her. I just picture Ian. I just picture whoever. So it's it's been very it's been very tough. The thing that I've been really good at is coming up with songs that, if it was a TV show, how I would score it. <laughs> what the score is yeah, sure. Yeah, there's like I have like I I'm like if you ask me to score the show, I could tell you like what songs would like end each season like that kind of thing like what transitional things like i could do that as for like fan casting i don't know we're open to fan casting though Uh, someone someone sent us one and i was super excited about it we want more of it tell tell us your thoughts yes you heard it give 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 some fan casting out there yeah and fan art we also fan fan art art yeah yeah. a lot well it's gonna be weird for me now that that i've talked and met you all now that i have faces to put to the names of i i hate looking up to people who who are in the podcast that that i listen to because nobody ever looks like they sound yeah yeah nobody ever looks like they sound but you're both lovely so good faces to put to the characters but it's yeah it's that's what i'm thinking of now awesome well yeah a tv show would be awesome i i would i would watch the heck out of that i think a half hour comedy minutes, right? on, yeah. yeah 15 minutes 15 minutes <laughs> this is a tight 15 minutes we're in we're out it's fine <laughs> put, oh put it God. on hbo all the swears you want yeah oh <laughs> fuck yeah, yeah. fuck yeah <laughs> oh that's a fun fact at first we were like we're not gonna swear in the podcast oh my god <laughs> we're like we'll keep it from being explicit and, and then no their word duck called the parkdale haunt that never was and it is just stuff that like we talked about that never happened and uh i think we should do that episode we're thinking of doing an episode that's just like the parkdale haunt that never was that never was yeah i got two pages of like just i'll play judith you play claire yeah yeah and just like ideas but yeah i do Mm -hmm. uh yes i have i have there there are some decisions that we made that are really really good some of the plot changes that like we things we took out that i think were Mm -hmm. smart i think it's amazing i think it's perfect that emily plays claire i think it's great that we played up owen and stuff like that and then there's just there's ideas that never made it in there's uh, the the prequel thought the prequel idea would have been great alex hates prequels so sorry prequels. everyone it was it was a shame to lose the werewolf <laughs> subplot but anyway. oh, the vampires were gonna be so sexy yeah, it, was. it was gonna be a bird actually turns into a bird like it yes. was, you know, Ooh, yeah. he was gonna become yeah. mothman yeah there we go <laughs> more cryptids more cryptids yes. always more cryptids enemies to lovers come yeah. on oh my god what a what a setup I, I mean, lock them in an elevator at least they go yeah. shopping they go and shopping. then neighbor buys him like nice shirts and then yeah, they go okay. for ice cream oh so okay All we, right. we, we, we've been joking about that from season two that's like we were like what if we made a bonus episode where it's just the scene where those two go shopping which yeah, because canonically cool. they do go shopping together. They do. thought a lot about what that shopping trip was like. Mm-hmm. Is all. Yes, yes, they're uh, and and I will say that like one of my favorite combos to listen to is Taylor and Ian. It's very funny. Yeah. 
the, the Taylor two plays a bird. Yes, Taylor. Yeah. Taylor. Taylor is a delight, and they bounce off each other really well because one of them is so earnest, and the other one is nothing but artifice. Mm-hmm. And it's I always like the uh, the you play in D and D. Yeah, really? No, of course not. Like, <laughs> just so sharp. But there's and a great take of. There's a great outtake of Taylor going, why are you so nice to this man? Because <laughs> we're Canadian. I guess it's, yeah. just gotta... it's just gotta be nice. Some of, some of my coworkers, some of the other writers on at Even Footing were like, what's the podcast about? I'm like, well, the house is haunted and one of them's possessed by a demon and they're Canadian. So occasionally they just apologize for being possessed by demons. And it's, it's delightful. <laughs> there's, there's like there's a fair amount of apologizing happening in the show. I will say that of people just being like, I'm really sorry that this is. I'm happening. really sorry about that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's how we deal with things here. That's yeah. that is the United States drinking game version right there. Every time <laughs> the Canadians apologize for something, they probably shouldn't apologize. For. Oh my God. Then so we'll many, take a drink. Being yeah. True to life here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. there's just so many scenes where people are just apologizing for stuff they have literally no control over. We love when our stereotypes turn out to be true. That's just exactly. that's just how it works. Yeah. <laughs> I could chat with you too all night long. I've had such a blast. But parting thoughts, last last things that we want to plug. Where can we find you? Where can folks listen to the show? Where can they send their their slash fic? <laughs> my email is no um, if not send it direct to me please just post it somewhere else and I will look at the tags so yeah you can find us on twitter at Parkdale Haunt and we're also on instagram at Parkdale Haunt I'm on twitter at Emily underscore Kellogg come chat with me anytime I'm there talking about horror movies and being angsty sometimes and talking about how hard writing is because I'm writing a novel it sucks and Alex what's your, what's your tag again I'm on instagram and twitter at salt and ketchup like the like the condiments and you uh, got salt and ketchup salt and ketchup yeah you got the whole like not number four seven or 32 like you got, got wow. i was an early adopter wow uh, okay uh, and yeah i am there yes feel free to tweet at me i mostly hang out and tweet stuff about uh lord of the rings and <laughs> and complain about i don't know the ttc and yeah i'm also on dice shame which can be found on all podcast places is rusty cool network we have parkdillhaunt.com if you're looking for links to the episodes if you're looking for transcripts if you're looking for links to our merch we do have merch and all the other things. And you can find Parkdale Hunt pretty much anywhere. So Spotify, yeah. Stitcher, Apple Podcast, uh, iHeartRadio. Yeah. Uh, there's Podcast, so many. Amazon Podcasts. <laughs> there's just, it's just everywhere. There, it's, it's all over the place. But, uh, it's, a, but yeah. it's a horrible problem to have to be just everywhere like you are. Yeah. I know. I yeah. know. So ubiquitous. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I feel like people always give me crap when they're like, you just say wherever you find your podcast. And I'm like, because That's there's like 500. There's like a bajillion platforms mm-hmm, these mm-hmm. days. I don't have the time. So, so whichever one you use, we're on it. If we're not on it, like let us know and we'll get on it. And yeah. <laughs> or write them an angry letter and demand you they add us. Bring us yeah. more Parkdale. Yeah, exactly. Or find a better podcatcher app. Really Come on. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I know. It's, Sorry, uh, we're not on your site. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, feel uh, but yes, feel free to tweet at us or at the Park to Haunt thing, listen to the show, check out the website, and yeah, new season drops September 26th is when it's out. I guess this is coming out after that, so the new season. We hope you like it. I hope you listened to whatever episodes are already out. 
And uh, I hope you were very scared, or at the very least, like, entertained. I will be entertained and maybe concerned every now and then. Thank you so much, Alex and Emily. It has been an absolute blast. From Even Footing Games, this is Jason. Thanks again for joining us for the hour. Check out our Discord. You can find us at evenfootinggames.com. Right around the time that this episode drops, Crawl of Cthulhu will also be dropping. Keep an eye out for that, our new B&B module. And check out Parkdale Haunts. I really do love this show. Uh, so <laughs> I love it. So check out Parkdale Haunts wherever you find your, your podcasts. And again, thank you, Alex and Emily. And we'll see you next time, folks. And you two don't be strangers. Yeah. Thank Bye. you very much. Thank you so much thank for having you. us. Oh, it's a pleasure. <laughs>